I'm sort of open now to maybe exploring other opportunities as a result yeah. of, of this experience because it, it has been such a positive experience for me. So I feel really fortunate that we have a really good relationship and we can trust each other. And at the same time, there is accountability and that's really important. Welcome to Slice, property made possible. We are a platform on a mission to reduce barriers to home ownership. This podcast is a safe space for our community to learn together and build the confidence required to start on their property journey. When you're ready to start, head along to slicetobuy.com and sign up for your free dashboard. Welcome to another episode of Slice. We're diving deep into the home ownership journey and buying with the help of your parents today. So naturally, I thought... Who better to join this episode than my mum who helped me into my first home, Joanne Stevens? Thanks for joining us, mum. Pleasure, Amy. So uh, we're looking back. What do you remember about the experience and, and supporting me into, into my first home? I remember that you came to me and said, mum, I'd really like to buy a home. I've done a bit of research and this is how you can help me. And so that research that you did gave us an opportunity or me an opportunity to go as guarantor for you on this home buying journey. Yeah, so the structure that we did go with was a limited guarantee and on slicedbuy.com throughout that dashboard we talk about the different approaches which can be a limited guarantee, a general guarantee or it could be, you know, giving cash or alone potentially so it just depends on what your circumstances are and what the circumstances of your parent or parents are and in our case it seemed that a limited guarantee would be the best opportunity for me to get in having a smaller deposit but a relatively good sort of salary for that first home and so the limited guarantee we did meant that if I did fail to make repayments on my property the first home that there was some risk there for mum and she might have to pick up those repayments. How did you feel about that? Well, being conservative by nature, it was a big decision for me to make. And having had to work hard for so many years to get where I am today, I was loath to reach a decision without giving it due diligence uh, and having conversations with friends and colleagues as to whether this was a good thing for me to be looking at at this stage of my life, as I sort of head towards retirement one day, was this something that I should be looking at? And what sort of feedback did you get from friends and sort of trusted people that you spoke to? The advice was very much proceed with caution and terrible things can happen within families and what if she is unable to pay, having given that some thought and then... Also knowing that Amy was really on a very good salary at the time and knowing that I could trust her, I believed I could trust her and after lots of robust discussion I felt I could quietly with a little more confidence proceed. 
with a little more confidence. Well, I guess that's the thing. There's always going to be that risk and, and the fear that, you know, what if the worst goes wrong? But that's where we have with this last platform, our co-ownership agreements, and that sort of guides you through some of the robust discussions that we had probably more organically, mm. but it takes you through in a structured way so that you can actually agree on how you're going to manage that investment and what if the worst case does happen. There's definitely some fear there, but do you think there was anything that sort of helped you get over that hump and think, actually, I think this is a, a good idea or something that I could benefit from as well? You were very persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> and... And also, this was an opportunity for me to assist Amy into her first home. I also felt that she was contributing a sufficient amount herself. And sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and take a bit of a risk sometimes. Yeah. Albeit a considered one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's with anything with your finances, when you're investing in shares, when you're investing in property, whenever you're investing in something, there's always a degree of risk, I guess. So mm. it's really just, as you say, doing the due diligence, but having those robust conversations. And mm. I think we were probably lucky in a way that I had that experience working in the bank and, and some legal understanding. And I could kind of, I brought to, together quite a proposal that had, you know, spreadsheet with figures what this could look like how you could benefit but in some ways I feel like at times that was challenging too kind of navigating through all of the information how did you kind of manage that when I bombed you with emails about <laughs> all of the different options I always checked in with you and asked for further clarification I always felt to be honest deep down that I was taking a risk but it was a risk I was prepared to take. And the fact that in the end, the my role as a guarantor was removed within a year, I could see that as, as the property itself gained and appreciated in value, mm. I could see, gosh, I think, you know, this is actually a little bit more comfortable than I initially thought. But part of that's my nature. Yeah. You know, so part of that's, and that's a good thing. And maybe that's why I've got to where I am today. You were going to be conservative anyway. Mm. And sometimes you just have to take yeah. that risk and you don't know how it's going to work out. Um, no. So tremendous amount of trust involved in you that this would work out and a certain amount of, you know, crossing my fingers. <laughs> We did end up agreeing on a way that you could benefit with in mind that you had worked so hard to to purchase your property and you're obviously moving towards retirement and looking at what that looks like for mm -hmm. you. So we did actually have discussion around how you could potentially benefit and we did agree on a percentage share once that guarantor was was removed. Was that sort of a factor for you or how did that influence your decision-making. I was putting my property at risk and if worst came to worst, I would have to start paying a mortgage and I haven't paid a mortgage for a long time now. So yeah. that would have left me with a feeling of uncertainty. So I did feel it was fair and I think it's important that she realised that there had to be a bit of a payback in return for that commitment and yeah, for me to go guarantor, that was a big deal for me. Because it's also about the education around kind of 
finances and investment and you never really get anything for free so I feel like there was a bit of a give and take but I think it's really important as it can be challenging when you get money for, for nothing not that we were necessarily in a situation mm. to just go here's you know 100 grand 200 mm. grand or anything like that but then it becomes challenging for those people to necessarily manage that money because mm. they haven't actually sort of understood the real worth or had to work for it or had to work for it and then yeah as a result it, it can be hard to necessarily take that money and grow your wealth or, you know, invest safely and get that kind of financial capability without sort of having some understanding that, you know, to get to B, you have to do A. Mm. Moving into that retirement conversation, how did you feel about making this decision knowing that, did you feel that this might adversely or positively impact your retirement? Just knowing I was going to get a percentage on my investment, really, that was a bonus. Yeah, and I'm sort of open now to maybe exploring other opportunities as a result yeah. of, of this experience because it, it has been such a positive experience for me. So I feel really fortunate that we have a really good relationship and we can trust each other and... At the same time, there is accountability, and that's really important. And That's sort yeah. of what I was looking mm. for around that conversation mm. around giving money mm. away versus having some sort of structured approach in place is that accountability and, and teaching your children mm. to, I guess, manage their finances in an astute way rather than just kind of taking that hand out and running with it. And, of course, there's, there's many different ways to structure as well. We did that limited guarantee, mm. but you can do a loan, you can charge interest on that loan and manage the relationship in that way. There's lots of different structures that you can do, but it definitely does come down to that accountability, I guess, that we probably both value. And I actually value, even though it's not always that fun being held accountable, <laughs> but I do value it in that it, it drives my financial understanding and capability. And so it was a positive experience and obviously that's not always the case and you do have to look at, it, at property as a longer term investment. With that in mind, I remember you actually asking me whether or not I felt differently as the property then started to drop again as we came into this new new market. But of course, we'd already removed the guarantee at that point. So the risk was sort of no longer sitting with you, mm. but also we had that agreed profit or percentage mm. uh, that was prior to whatever happened to the market. So I think it was more about getting to the point where the guarantee was removed and then knowing that a, an amount was due at that point. So I didn't actually mind and I don't particularly mind when the property fluctuates in value because I think it is that longer term. But I remember you asking me and mm. saying, how do you feel? <laughs> no take backs. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what it was. And I think we all know anyone who's got a house, that the longer you hold on to it, the you can't take that away. It's always going to increase, increase in value. It may not happen overnight, but it will happen the longer you hold on to it. So, and like right now, we're starting to look at a bounce back in the market. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just constantly fluctuating, mm -hmm. isn't it? But it was interesting that you're like, oh, I wonder how she does feel after this. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, I felt relief, actually, being able to remove the guarantee mm -hmm. prior to any of that. Mm -hmm. And that was a real chase. I paid the loan down a little bit extra to get the, uh, the amount right so that I could revalue and remove that guarantee. Mm -hmm. So it was more one of relief that 
prior to it dropping a little yeah. bit, you were no longer at risk and it was sort of sitting yeah. with me. Because even though obviously I benefited from your support, I also didn't want that burden there for a long mm. period of time, especially as as we did experience that drop. And in saying that, as you say, now we've there's still equity in, in that property. Yes, I do feel, Amy, that you were quite concerted in your efforts to remove that guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that probably comes with that banking knowledge, which is just as soon as you can get rid of it, that's mm. ideal because it's at the end of the day it is sort of us against the bank and that, you know, we can manage our finances as we as we like. But when you give give the bank and of course they have their um, best intent to try and help you through those difficult times, but ideally your limits, the recourse mm. that they have and, and the ability to then go and say, oh, well, we need you to start repaying or we're going to take lending out against your property as well as Amy's. So I think that was definitely well-timed and that we kind of got that done before we saw the drop. But as you say, it's just the timing. Sort mm. of how do you think this experience has impacted our relationship? You sort of spoke about trust a lot and how that was really important at the time. How do you think our relationship has potentially developed having gone on this journey together? Well, I spoke about trust and I think... Is it still there? Yes, <laughs> it's still there. So I think, yes, so it's just confirmed basically what I knew all along in my heart, that I would be able to trust you. I do trust you. Mm-hmm. To make a considered decision, and I believe you did do that at the time, mm. There's almost a couple of themes there. One being, you know, you need a degree of trust and then two being actually, you know, is there some consideration that's gone into potentially what the structure is going to look like, how you are going to manage? I think that the trust comes with knowing that you did have a good job, that you weren't just going to swan off and go overseas. And I know for a fact that Amy has relinquished a lot of opportunities to travel overseas. And you've said for many years that this was your goal, that you really wanted to get on the property ladder. You wanted to be independent as a young woman in business. And you've certainly achieved that. And yes, there's been sacrifices along the way. And also I think that you're, you've been realistic in what you can achieve in terms of when you look at purchasing a house. I think today a lot of young people want everything now and it's simply not achievable for most people to have everything now. You've got to start somewhere. So I think you've been really realistic about your goals, knowing that you, this is all you can afford this is the best I can afford. And, yeah, so you didn't have stars in your eyes. You were just really practical and and had an an eye on the main goal. Yeah, and saying that, I guess I was probably flexible with with sort of options. Yeah, with what I was looking for. Where you were going to purchase. Exactly, Mm because I ended up buying in Raglan. Mm -hmm. And originally I had thought, you know, I'll buy in Auckland. And then at that point there wasn't anything sort of that. I guess there's two options. You're either sort of buying a doer-upper that might be in a great location or you might be really central but you don't necessarily want to live there or you can buy something quite tidy and buy in the region. So it's really just getting sensible with actually what what is achievable with that budget, mm. within that budget, and then tailoring your goal to suit your budget mm. and not the other way around. 
because it's great to have goals, but they have to be sort of grounded in reality when it comes to the property That's market. Right. In terms of look, looking ahead, we have a lot of customers with Slice that are parent uh, and child purchases and different structures that we support with our co-owner agreement, whether that's a gift, a loan with interest, or a guarantee or limited guarantee. And we actually have a lot of parents also that find this platform and then sort of share that with their kids as a way to initiate the discussions and initi- initiate the proposal that we sort of went through. What sort of advice would you have for parents going through that that process? That you need to be realistic in what you're prepared to, how much you're prepared to support your child into purchasing their first home. For us, it was very much a situation of me being a guarantor. That was what we could afford. That's what was manageable for me. It's what I was prepared to do. I. Yeah, so, so for us that worked out well, but that was only after a lot of discussion and also consulting with lawyers and getting, you know, some sort of feedback or advice. And, of course, they do have to be cautionary. They have to give you the best possible advice and make sure that you consider the poss- possible scenario. If we do sort of spend a moment there yeah. on the legal advice, what did you get told for the most part? Not to do it. Yeah, because I do think that's interesting yeah. because that's an easy sort of avoid liability from mm. a lawyer's perspective, just saying, oh, don't do it. And therefore they can sort of say, well, they've given the best possible advice mm. because they've avoided any possible downfall. But of course, if you are intent on making an investment or supporting your child in, then that's not necessarily the most helpful advice, I would say. I think you've got to be have your eyes wide open as to what could go wrong here. If your child doesn't make payments on the mortgage, you're going to have to pick up the slack there. What's going to happen? And I know Slice provides strategies around that and contractual advice around should that happen. But as a parent... Yeah, I mean, I was very clear and I had a really good solid understanding of what Amy's commitment to this was. I knew she was desperately committed to having her first home. If the worst case scenario had happened and you were unemployed or you got sick, you know, there's always that to consider perhaps. But I'm still earning reasonably well myself and so I wasn't in a situation where it would have made me destitute either. So I did have, you know, I've got a reasonable income and so we could have managed through that. The other thing is though, yes, having that job is important but also potentially what's the track record been with that child as well? If you have lent them money before, have they been able to repay that? Have they... Kept, well, kept there up. was that time. No, no <laughs> I've definitely borrowed money prior to that so, right. and have repaid it. So, I mean, I do think that's also another good option for parents to consider. If they haven't actually had the financial engagement with their children in that way, they could consider lending it for another purpose. Or if the child's at a younger age, maybe it is lending money for a car. As a parent, I do think that... Amy and my other children as well have taken responsibility for bringing in their own income with part-time employment when they were at school, at university. So they didn't have it all handed to them. They had to go out and help their help pay their university fees, help pay their accommodation by 
also taking on extra work. And so that also sets a track record. Yeah, it is. I guess is there a track record that if a mortgage is the first sort of thing that's yeah. going to be the track record, maybe that's too big yeah. and maybe it should start with a small loan for whatever it might be for a car or mm. for, or maybe it should be them getting a part-time job first. Like there should probably be a degree of confidence that your child knows how to manage their finances mm. uh, before you jump in and, and do something like that. Unless, of course, you have the money floating around and you can do as you please. But yeah, that's really interesting because I think the track record piece actually probably was part of the trust as well, mm. is that there were, were sort of a few things like I had borrowed and repaid money before. And I also just good, it's not even not just about money, it's having good communication. Yeah. You know, mother, daughter, open communication. Yeah. I guess in summary, there's a few things. It's potentially being able to begin and have those conversations first, which Slice the Platform can support you with. Then it is speaking to others that have potentially done it, listening to podcasts like this, and sort of coming up with something more robust around how it is that you're going to manage that, whether it's a guarantee, a loan, or a gift, but actually just having that clear understanding and then ideally getting a co-owner agreement to formalise that and make sure that you're you're comfortable about that mm. approach is over the long term. Are there any other factors that you'd sort of call out for those that are considering supporting their children? At the end of the day, this is about a relationship and having confidence in that relationship when you're going to make such a big decision as buying a house. Mm. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Mum. It's been great having you in and I hope that lots of our parents listening in the audience appreciate hearing a little bit more about how you got across the line and and what was important to you in going through the first home buying journey with a child. Thanks for having me, Amy. Thank you for joining our community. Buying property isn't easy, but listening in will get you one step closer on your journey. Please leave an Apple or Spotify review and provide feedback so we can improve your experience. Join our Facebook group, A Safe Space to Learn Together, or follow us on Instagram at slice to buy If you have any questions or topics you would like us to touch on, you can email us at hello at slicetobuy.com. A quick reminder... Slice the Podcast does not provide personalised investment advice. We are not acting as financial advisors or taking into account your circumstances. To get personalised advice, join us at slicetobuy.com and engage with our partners who can act as your financial advisor or lawyer and support you with your specific needs.